I think it's 39. Uh, yeah, it might be. Can you check it for us? Yeah, so we don't have any embarrassing. I just don't know. Is that what we sound like? I don't know. I think it's called Starship Troopers. What's the internet? If only there was a database of movie information. If only there was an international database. Fucking assholes. Oh my god. This is episode 40. We're on episode 40? Yeah. That's sick. Dude, so many episodes. Josh Alvarez. Hi. And welcome to episode 40 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks. What's going on, guys? This is our first episode since we finished our October month of horror podcasting. Right? No, no, we, whoa! <laughs> Loose cannon! Shots fired! I do realize it's November 24th, and our yeah. last episode was recorded. Right before Halloween. Yeah, so I guess it's been almost an entire month. Almost, but we've been busy. Oh, yeah. Like uh, I've been, I've been. In, oh man! There it is. He sneezed on my dog. So the situation we're in right now at Josh's house is George has. If you listen to the show, you know I have a dog that likes to bark while we're uh, podcasting, which is fine. Yeah, but he also he has a thing about these ducks. Yeah, they're we stuffed have, ducks. They're from the supermarket. They're not even from a pet store. Yeah, and, they're just ducks. Yeah, and he loves them. And you buy these by the case. Yeah, we have to because he kills them all the time. He just destroys them. What is that? It's someone's car. Oh, okay. It's we are in North Philly, so we are. Anyway, so George just just dis- destroyed a duck, and the 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 residue from the duck is making me <laughs> sneeze. But that's fine. 
So Josh, uh, we both were away. Yeah. Uh, Josh was away for something way more fun than me, though. Josh. I was in Austin for Fun 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 Fest, and then the following weekend after that, I stayed in Texas. My wife and I stayed in Texas, and the following weekend we went to San Antonio, San Antonio for the Housecore Horror Festival that was hosted by Phil Anselmo. So we should have gotten press passes for that or something. Huh? I have no idea how to do any of that, but I do know. I should have connected with Ed. I, I apologies to Ed Travis, who you met, but Ed had the year before gotten press passes for House Because it, it wasn't. It used to be in Austin. Yeah, and this is the first year that it was in San Antonio. But if I had said like, "Oh, Josh is going," maybe you could get it. You could have gotten like interviews with people uh, or stuff like that. Yeah, that that might have been fun. But uh, oh. hey, man, you know. Hey, big thanks to everyone who listened to and participated in our uh, Harathon episode, which is the last one that we put up. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot an of awesome fun. episode. I was bummed that I couldn't be there for that. Big thanks to Jacob Knight for being a part of that. Um, we really appreciate that he was involved and was able to to speak on it. And he's a good friend, and I'm glad he's a part of it. We're literally there are folks. They're not drag racing. They're taping on their phone the car as if it were drag racing and they just keep backing up i'm not even joking right now this is behind josh's house in kensington there's an alley it's not even a real road it's an alley no. yeah and there's this ugly ass car with rims though the rims are cool and it keeps backing up and then peeling out and then backing nice. up and then peeling out man as if no one's trying to record a podcast right now i know it's only mildly distracting <laughs> so um <clears throat> Anyways, I wanted to say thank you, and uh, and I want to apologize again. There were a number of interviews that did not make it into the show because I didn't know how to use the recorder. Right. Uh, I've since figured that out, although I guess we should be using it to back up the episode right now, but whatever. But we're not. We're living, on, we're living on the edge. We, we're living no on the nets, edge. baby. No nets. <laughs> I don't actually remember how the song Living on the Edge goes. Yeah, I just made a guitar so, sound. And not so no much idea. an Aerosmith fan, are you? <laughs> no, it's weird. You think you would think, uh, knowing my other musical proclivities. Right, that Aerosmith isn't exactly the outlier on that, but hey, what do I know? You know? So uh, I guess we should make our transition into whacking on track i i was also away for a bit i was um at a conference in uh what was that springfield missouri the subverting the norm conference is that what that stn stood for yeah it stands for subverting the norm it's a uh, you know people listening to this some of you are not going to know what that is some of you are going to know what it is and uh i'm hoping some of you picked up cinepunk's flyers that i rudely spread around the conference and that's why you're <laughs> listening to this episode but uh some of you also know what that is and will think it's dumb there's definitely some people who don't appreciate that conference but the point the point of the conference in theory at least is to combine sort of the academic study of religion especially in the continental philosophy sort of postmodern world with people who are actually sort of practicing i don't know if that actually is what it is but that's sort of mm. the goal and it was it was a great time regardless i got to do a presentation i met some people i'd never met before nice me and sue's got to like do something that wasn't her work or me work you know what i mean mm. like so i think for us, it was valuable regardless, you know? Mm. And so uh, that was a good time. But if you uh, if you were someone who picked up a flyer and now you're checking out the show for the first time, welcome. Uh, <laughs> I apologize since you did get this flyer at a conference related to religion. Um, I don't really, we don't really talk about religion that much, but hopefully you like movies and, and, and music because that's what we do talk about. 
we do we have occasionally gotten on the t- even and what i think is funny about that is i've i've tried to avoid it because i don't want people to be like <laughs> oh that show with liam he's always bringing up talking Liam. about jesus all jesus the time. uh which <laughs> i feel like if this podcast was me talking about jesus it actually would be kind of weird but <laughs> Um, but religion does occasionally come up, but that's not today. Today, uh, we're going, we, we're ba- basically, this is what you're interested We're from Philadelphia. We are. And Philadelphia based podcast. And you probably don't know this, but if you live in Philadelphia, you're actually morally obligated to like Rocky. Yeah. It's sort of a thing. I think once you've lived here for a decade, you could decide not to like Rocky. You would be allowed to. Yeah. But if you move but... here and you don't like Rocky, there's like, pe- there's severe penalties. Yeah. It's worse than being a poser. It's yeah. it's it's one of those like what are you doing here then? Why did you come here yeah. if you didn't appreciate Rocky? <laughs> I mean, there's a the the, the Rocky statue in the movie. Yeah, What's that part three is that part three with the part statue? three where the statue shows up. It's still at the art museum. That's today. at the art museum. Well, yeah. it was previously at the police station. Probably a better place for it. <laughs> but now it's uh now it's at the art museum. Now it's uh located with a uh, works of art by <laughs> Marcel Duchamp and. Yeah. Uh, other the great uh, visionaries and Rene Magree, great visionaries, and then the Rocky statue that was in yeah. Rocky Three, and nobody says the, no one has a problem with it. It's totally cool. Well, the thing you got to understand is that in the history of Philadelphia, there's been no boxers from here, so we have to have a statue of the fictional. Oh wait, no, there's actually <laughs> lots of boxers yeah, from Philadelphia. Boxers from we really could have actually real. We could actually have twenty <laughs> statues of boxers that were actually existed in the world from Philadelphia. From Philadelphia, but instead we have a. F- fictional boxer yeah, hey whatever statue. man let's be let me be clear we're talking shit right now but the whole reason we decided to do this episode which is uh talking about sports movies generally some focus on boxing movies but sports movies generally uh was because we are so excited for creed i and am like also beyond excited one of us was in the movie Look, you got to stop telling people I was in Creed. I <laughs> tell everybody. I was like, yo, did you see the movie starring Liam O'Donnell? It's called Creed. Full, so let me give full disclosure. I was an extra in Creed for one scene. Oh, I was man, so, so far good. out of shot. So good. They literally were like, hey, you don't look like a guy who would actually go to a boxing match. So we're going to have you be part of the massive bodies far away from the camera. So no one actually sees how not cool you are. Whatever. Totally Cinepunk sighting in a movie. So I'm counting it. If you've it's seen, all good. If you've seen Creed and you saw me in the big fight, there was a big fight in a room that looks more like a church than it does like a boxing ring. That's because it's a church that was turned into a theater on Temple's campus. And then they just put a boxing ring in the middle. Nice. Um, so if you see me, especially in the balcony, then let me know. But I haven't seen the movie yet. So we haven't seen Creed yet, but we thought, this is a good opportunity to talk about sports movies. and This is actually the first time we're doing a movie that is on the other end of the spectrum because we are typically not jock individuals. Well, I think that's what makes a sports conversation, I hope, interesting for us is <laughs> we both, to some extent, appreciate sports movies while not caring too much about sports. At all. In fact, I would say that one of my favorite kind of movies is a boxing, of the sports movie genre, yeah. is a boxing movie. Meanwhile, I cannot watch a moment of real boxing. <laughs> Never, not once would I ever sit down. No. Typically, this is how I end up watching a boxing match. Sure. Uh, hey, Josh, we're, we're going to pay for the boxing. You want to come over? And I go, do you guys have chips? And they say, yeah. And then I'm like, sweet. And then I just sit there eating chips and talking to their cats about whatever I feel like talking about because I'm not <laughs> watching no goddamn boxing because I'm not a jock. That's just what happens. I mean, I think people, there are people who appreciate boxing who are not what you would call jocks. 
per se, but just, but I will say an appreciation of the sport is not necessarily needed. Or I guess that would be the assumption you might make is that, oh, you like baseball movies because you like baseball. But I think people like sports movies because of the way that sports can tell a story. Whereas actually watching a game might be like boring and (laughs) no stories. (laughs) <laughs> I can't. I mean, I know that's why people like sports a lot of times. Is well, I know about the players and their history yeah. and the drama behind the game. And you know, man, I don't give a shit. We're, we're going to get to that. We're going to we'll get, get to it. But let's let's, let's do whacking on track with whacking on track. I know. Liam. I know. Oh, you want me to start? You start because I got a lot to say. So. Josh has so many Austin I have stories, so many to, so good stories to tell you about. Yeah, go ahead. So much Austin. Okay, so <clears throat> whacking on track, huh? Let me think for a second here. <laughs> well, I've done a lot of on track things lately. So let me let me buzz through a few for you. Go ahead. Uh, first and foremost, I think uh, this past weekend I went and saw Infest in New York. At Dude, the, I'm so jealous of that. That was way. at the Ac- Acheron? Is that how you say that? The Acheron? Yeah, in, in so, Brooklyn. Yeah, our good friend Dano. Wait, do you know Dano? No. My good friend Dano, uh, <laughs> who works with This Is Hardcore Fest, uh, a great paragon of the music community, um, tour dog definitely a big tour manager guy yeah. he also booked shows there i think he booked that show if it was some other staff member at the acheron you know mia culpa mm-hmm. but I, I assume it was a dano show and it was infest boston strangler nyc headhunter and some other band whose name i forget right there was a band that dropped and then this new band came on and i feel really bad uh but i should have learned their name i was too distracted by the singer's epic mullet. He had this mullet that I can't even explain. It's the sort of mullet only punks would get because it's not a normal mullet. Is there a dreadlock in the back or something? No, no, no. It was like the kind of mullet where he had shaved his whole head except for the back of his head and then just let it grow. Ah, the Jenna Pup. But now that had grown back in. So now he had what was like kind of like... like, (laughs) moppy hair in the front and then really long hair in the back and his hair was very straight so there was no feathering there was no fluffing no it was just a it was just a massive hair on the back of his head that's nice and you know it did look kind of like neanderthal-y so i guess if that was the goal which i'm assuming it was like that mission accomplished yeah, yeah 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 But I was so like enthralled by his epic moment that I just had trouble remembering the name like, of his band this or band? what he was doing. I don't doing know. There. That hair was ridiculous though. <laughs> and then NYC Headhunter, uh, I guess, is it Headhunter or Headhunters? I'm not sure. But the singer is the brother of the singer of Rival Mob, is oh, what, what okay. I'm told. Uh, they are great. That band is, I cannot recommend that band enough. I'm a NYC big fan. Headhunter. And, and NYC Headhunter. He's in another band called Vanity that's like an oi band that mm-hmm. I really like too. Yeah. Um, and then Boston Strangler is just one of my favorite hardcore bands playing right now. Good they band. Were, Good band. They were amazing. And then Infest. Whew, you think, uh, again, whenever uh, reunions come up, people always ask, like, the assumption is that, of course, it's going to be bad or boring or less. And Infest is just one of those counterexample bands. I don't know if they prove the point or not, mm. but they definitely show that a band can get back together and still be great. Now, maybe... I mean, I'm sure there are people who see them now who are like, well, I saw them back in the day. Yeah, they were so, so much. They were so sick. Whatever, oh. man. Dude, when we played with Rorschach, people were saying that shit. But oh, I, yeah. Rorschach were awesome. Yeah. They were so tough, man. Well, Fuck. Well, I really I really had fun with the show. I think I would like to see Infest again. Uh, I saw them once in Baltimore, and it was a bigger venue. That I, was the A389. Yeah, so, right? I would yeah. like to do something like that again. I mean, I like the Acheron, but it's so tight yeah. that I don't. 
I don't even try to like move around at really? all. Really, you don't. You it's don't. too tight in there, man. It's just it's is not it smaller than for voltage. Me. I've never been there. It is significantly smaller than voltage. Lounge. Wow. Um, so it's a small room, which is on one hand great. I get to see the band in a way I would never get to see them otherwise. Yeah. But I think the next time I see them, I hope it's in a bigger venue just so I can move around a little bit. Yeah. Because you know, Infest. A lot of their songs are super fast, and I'm not going to move around. But they have a couple parts where I'm like, They're like sick oh. fucking old, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> um, and they, you know, they played lots of classics, and it was fun. The crowd was very mixed. I kind of appreciate that. That it's like not, you know, it's a lot of different people mm-hmm. appreciate Infest, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. Um, uh, sorry for all the uhs, by the way. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other more film related. Uh, fun things that I've done. Mm. Oh, right. So what was that? Thursday night? I think it was Thursday night was the house screening. Oh, you went to that. With, you met the director with a director in attendance. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I asked that specifically because I knew how many letters were in it. And I was curious to hear you say it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I mean, people have critiqued the show for us not preparing in advance. Right. And lo and behold, leopards do not change their spots. <laughs> I think this is something we can change into the future, that we will be more. This is, this is, this is, why, this is why we need an intern, right? Just be like, What's up, Lore? Intern, we're going to talk about house, look up the stuff. Get a, pronunci- get a phonetic pronunciation of the director's name. So, okay, so now I'm going to try it. Uh, Nobuhiko Obayashi. Ah, that's good. It was more, it was less that I was that worried about pronouncing it. It was more that I just didn't remember what, what the name it, was. What it was. Right. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm not that familiar with his films other than House. Mm. And apparently he's made a lot of movies. Now, are they all surrealist like this? Or? I don't think so. No. Uh, but they were the in New York right now, I think it's the Japanese Cultural Center or something along those lines mm. is doing a series of his movies. So last nice. weekend they did a bunch. They're taking off this weekend for Thanksgiving and then they're doing more next weekend. Right. In total, I think they're doing 10 movies, which is more of his films. That have ever than have ever been shown in the U.S. Right, um, I didn't even know he had ten films. Apparently, he has like sixty films. Is he this, this amazing? Did Criterion do any more of the releases for any no, of them? No, almost. The only one? I think only three or four of his films are available in the U.S. Wow. And the rest. Now, what's funny is that's what someone said at the screening as a question to him, like, "Oh, they're not available." And uh, Mark Wacklow was there, the guy who works for uh, Sushi Typhoon, okay, mm. you know, Wellgo or whatever. Yeah. And he was just like, "Oh, you can find them, you know." <laughs> See, come on, guy. Yeah, come Maybe on. Maybe you can find them. Well, I mean, I, I, I will say that uh, I plan to delve now into some of the darker realms of the internet in right, order to, to try, try to find, find some of his movies. Uh, and I don't feel bad about that. If something's not made available to me to purchase mm-hmm. and I have to acquire it this way. Lo and behold. Yeah. let's. If you don't agree, we can have a conversation about that. But there's literally no other way for me to see these movies. So I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it and see. I'm, not, I'm also not very good at this sort of uh, black market activity. That's not really a <laughs> thing I know how to do very well. But I'll give it a go and see what I can do. Regardless, point is, director was great. He was very charming. Yeah. He did this whole thing about... Um, there's a light side of the world that's like you know the the world of the mind where you need keen observation skills where you need to see, and then there's a, a dark side, sort of a nighttime that's about imagination and whatever. And he said this film is uh you know house we're about to watch it is a document of a point in time and it exists in the light side as that documentation as an orient as an observation but it doesn't become a film until we do the work of imagining it in the 
as he put it, the movie screen of our hearts. Whoa. And if if it, on the movie screen of our hearts, we can see the hearts of the characters and of him, the director, in making the movie, mm. then it becomes a film. Then it is a film. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, he was just he was he was interesting he was charming he told great stories i didn't realize the you know the movie came out at a time uh or the movie yeah, sort of conceived in like- of in a time when toho as the major motion picture company in japan mm. was not doing as well that actually independent movies were doing better really? uh and there was a real push for independent film and so toho sort of came to him for an idea and he got the germination for this idea from his daughter who's in the movie mm. and um he when he first talked to her she was younger but the studio wouldn't the studio kind of liked the idea but they had directors on contract and they had producers on contract so they have to work in house mm-hmm. no one wanted to make the movie they wouldn't make the movie and so he literally p- commercials uh stories a whole fashion line for Whoa. almost a decade, I think for more than a decade, they promoted the movie before they started making the movie as a way to force the studio to make the movie Wow. So they had a house shirt. They gave away a house shirt that existed before the movie was made. No way. And they gave it away to someone in the crowd who could. Gave it to somebody. If they could name all the characters in the movie, they could name all the girls who go to the house and get eaten by the house. So it was interesting because I've always found House a difficult movie to uh, sort of understand in the Mm. sense of like, is it sincere? Is it a joke? Is it what's going on? And hearing him talk about it really opened it up for me and really helped me under, I don't know if it solved it, which isn't the point. I don't mm-hmm. think that's what he wanted, but it did get me to think about it and take it very seriously. And to realize that to some extent he was tired of where Toho was going. A lot of the Toho movies at the time Godzilla were serious, yeah. violent, dark. Mm-hmm. So his effort was to make a horror movie that still also reflected a more upbeat version of the world and then sort of contrasting that to another generation. So in in reality, the movie is about the war generation and the peace generation and them sort of fighting it out. Yeah. Well, or at least interacting and seeing that and, and, you know, very specifically making the war generation sort of the villain in some ways, you know, but, uh, it, it was it was it's very cool i love that movie he yeah. was like i said i his intro i mean i said the one thing about the screen and the heart but there was more way more to it than that and it just got me kind of emotional about movies he's just a beautiful man it felt yeah. like so that was a great experience and That's he, awesome. he screen he signed stuff for like over an hour beforehand there's just what? a line so i got him to sign my criterion collection house so nice uh, but yeah i i hope i can find more of his movies um, That's so rad, dude. That sounds like such an awesome night. There are a lot of people there too, huh? It was a. It screening. was. They did two sold out screenings. So nice. That was really cool. That's awesome, man. I think as far as whack, I think I'm actually. Uh, I don't have any. I mean, I haven't been to many shows. I since Harathon, I haven't gotten to go to that many movies. Um, if anything, the whack thing for me is I haven't had time to go to the theater, so I've missed a bunch of movies that came out yeah. that I really wanted to see. I really wanted to go see Dangerous Men. Uh, our friend Josh did a screening last weekend, and I couldn't go. So if there's anything whack, it's that missing Dangerous that. Men. I mean, I'll see it eventually regardless. Like I'll yeah. find a way to see it, but that's that's pretty whack for me. Mm. Um, other than that, I don't think I've seen anything that was like really bad. You know, uh, I've been watching a lot of, I got this Larry Fessenden collection. Mm. I've been watching those. Those have been great. Yeah. I guess the one whack I will say is I, people who pay attention to my reviews, I reviewed nightmare weekend and I was really excited for it. Vinegar syndrome release. Yeah. 
has a real reputation. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. I wanted it to be a little more goofball, and it just it kind of fell flat weird. for me. The robot, the puppet robot. And oh, all I hate the yeah. puppet robot. It's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Josh. Yes. Tell us about your whacking on track. On track, Texas. Whack, getting sprayed in the face with Watane. That was with, not with Watane. Well, yeah, by Watane. By Watane. What well, did they? With, what they spray you with? With blood. What kind but of blood do you know? It was. I'm assuming it was pig or goat blood because they had pig heads on stage. So <laughs> this is actual blood. People think yeah. of this. You go yeah. to see a band. Sure, then, sure. They're a satanic black metal band. Whatever. Sure, they've got upside down crosses all over the stage, and yeah. they've got skeletons and all this stuff. But that doesn't mean you expect. I mean, don't be wrong. I would have expected blood, but I knew. Yeah. I was told about the blood. No one ever told me. Everybody on the internet, when I announced that I got sprayed in the face by blood with what by Watane, were like incredulous. They're like, "But wait, you didn't know?" And it's like, "Dude, I can. Be- I've been listening to the records. I didn't know just by listening you to the records that I don't. I didn't internet search. You don't remember that song? We spray you with the face. <laughs> <with> <laughs> don't have a song. You know, it's just one of those things. I didn't know. I didn't know. And for everybody who can't believe that I didn't know, I just didn't know. And Liam put it perfectly today. He was like, it's like going to Gwar and, and not expecting them to spray you with the stuff that they spray people with. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But Gwar had been around since the 80s. You know what I mean? My obsession with black metal is relatively new. You know what I mean? So I don't know. But I did go to the Fun, Fun, Fun Festival in Austin. Sure. And then uh, I enjoyed Austin for about a week, my wife and I. And then we went to uh, San Antonio for the House Core Horror Festival. So I saw a bunch of bands. Here is the comprehensive list of everything that I saw uh, band and movie-wise while I was away. Do it. Uh, the first band was Bad Lovers. They were okay. King Con and Barbecue Show. If you Do you know who King Con is? No idea. King Con is like this. He's in another band called the Tandoori Knights. He's in the King Con and the Shrines. They play like old style rock and roll music. And it's him and this other guy named Mark Sultan who goes by the name Barbecue Show. And they have a two-piece band called King Con and Barbecue Show where sure. they both play guitar. And um, Mark Sultan plays uh kick drum while he's playing guitar and they play these rock and roll songs but they come out dressed like wrestlers like it's an insane stage show super duper fun just a, a rocking kind of band so i saw them twice uh comedians chris kubis kurt Braunohler, peaches uh the merch for peaches at the show it just was a black t-shirt and on the shirt it said whose jizz is this no, it did not. Yes, it did. And on the back in the Def Leppard font, it said Peaches. But that's it. That's all her shirts were. It's pretty weird. Uh, Converge, Drive Like Jehu. First time seeing Drive Like Jehu. And uh, listeners of the show know I'm a huge John Reese fan. So finally seeing, I saw Rocket from the Crypt a couple, like maybe last year. Saw them twice on that reunion tour. It was awesome. Never saw Drive Like Jehu. So first time seeing Drive Like Jehu. Uh, American Nightmare. I saw the Lucas Brothers, Doug Benson, Tig Notaro. Finally saw Ride, who are one of my all-time favorite Britpop bands, and they were so good. They sounded perfect. Just wonderful. Uh, Jane's Addiction doing all of Ritual, De Lo Habitual. And then we saw Rotting Christ, Watane, Mayhem. I saw Justin Pearson's new band, Headwound City. Or I guess they're not that new. They've been around for a minute, but I finally saw them. Apparently, they don't play very often. How, how was that? It's him and uh, Cody Votolato from uh, Blood Brothers. And oh, it's okay, like yeah. a spazzy kind of hardcore thing. It's pretty good. Uh, Chain of Strength, who I also saw twice, and I have to publicly apologize for saying that they sucked because they totally don't suck, and they are so awesome, and I was way stoked to see them let's both spe- times. Let's, let's spend a moment at that. What exactly did you say about Chain of Strength? I said that they were t- a bad band, <laughs> that they were boring. And then I was standing there, 
And uh, it was right after I got splashed in the face by blood or with blood by Watain. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to watch any more black metal. Let's go see the youth crew show happening in the same complex. And it was them. And it made me instantly happy. Like it was the best thing. Suddenly all the words to the entire record came flooding back to me. And I knew more than I thought that I did. And I was thrown down like it was 1995. It was awesome. It was a great show. I love that and you have to eat your words now. About yeah, it. dude. I've already I've already publicly apologized to uh, Clint Kanapka, and I now have to apologize to the rest of the listenership of uh, Cinepunks and saying, "Dude, Chain of Strength is an awesome band, and they are so good, and make every effort to see them whenever they play in your area." So yeah, so I saw that, and then we saw Eric Andre, which was weird because he pulled his pants down and had his wiener tucked behind, between his legs. That happened. Um, Todd Barry, pretty good comedian. Then we saw Big Frida, but she was doing a twerk shop where she, her, and the the Turks, the twerk squad, were um, the twerks. Yeah, squad. they were teaching people how to twerk, and they had a whole bunch of people in this one tent twerking. Um, I did not twerk, and then after that, Andrew WK went on, and he didn't play. He just did motivational speaking. Where he's saying stuff like, partying by yourself is awesome. I have some of the best parties when I'm alone. You're awesome. And like that kind of stuff. And then I saw Chain of Strength again, and I saw Off, and I saw Dag Nasty with Sean Brown singing. And uh, if you don't know, um, I love Swizz. Swizz is one of my favorite hardcore bands of all time. With uh, my previous band, Halo Snakes, we tried to rip off Swizz really, really hard. And did you send me that demo? The Swizz demo? Yeah. Uh, or I think I, sh- I sent you the uh, Sean with Dag. Or Dag was Sean. Yeah, that's what I meant. And that's what you saw, right? Dude, yeah. And they played Ghosts by Swizz. Oh, wow. Dude, they started with that riff. Do you you know that song? That Ghost in the Mirror, Ghost in the Mirror. They played that song, dude. All I remember is that me and like maybe two other black dudes that were in the pit just started going ape shit, like buck wild. And there was ponytails flopping around. I don't know. It was weird. There was weird hipster guys there. But nobody else was moshing. Ponytails flopping around. Dude, we were going crazy. I straight up blacked out and then came to at the end of the song. And it was just, it was so wild. But they played they played some stuff off of Wig Out of Denko's. They played a lot of Can I Say. They, okay. they played Values here. And it's just, it's so, they're so awesome. I've never seen Brian Baker before I've never seen I've never seen any Swiss songs played live before so and I've never seen Dag Nasty before so it was really really rad that was that's a lot of, of, that's a lot of first times out of the dude, way dude it was so good it was yeah. one of the best sets I've ever seen it was so oh, awesome that's great so that happened and then we saw Change Strength again like I said then um, we went to Austin I saw the Peanuts movie at the uh, Alamo Draft House the sure, Ritz sure and um, oh no no actually that was at Lakeside Lake I think it's Lake Line Lake Line yeah. And then we went to the other Alamo uh, Draft House and we saw Fantasia because it was the 40th anniversary of Fantasia. Sure, sure. And then we saw Dolls that same night for Terror Tuesdays, which they have a, um, a genre film like night called Terror Tuesdays and mm-hmm. Weird Out Wednesdays and stuff. So I've been to the Terror Tuesday a few times. It's, it's a really good time. It's so pretty funny. Fun, yeah. yeah. So uh, that dude was really nice. And then, oh, yeah, no, this is still, this is still in Austin. Okay. And uh, later that week after Fun, Fun, Fun Fest, the Bronx was playing at the Sidewinder. So we went and saw the Bronx and that was pretty funny. And then we went to San Antonio, and the first movie we saw was Zombie. Sure. Phil Anselmo uh, introduced that, and it was pretty fun to see Zombie. And we saw a movie short called This Is Tomorrow. We saw a movie that was called Saga, billed as a black metal zombie movie with bikers in it. And uh, I was like, yo, this is going to be awesome. The director's going to be there. First thing the director dude says in introducing it is this movie was really cheap. It looks a little cheap. And it was so bad that it felt like I kept on waking up. 
even though I didn't fall asleep at all. You know what I mean? You ever get that feeling like when you wake up watching a movie, you're like, wait, what? What's happening now? Like it felt like a, a bunch of series of that. So if the horror was intended to have you feeling like you're always waking up, then it was terrifying. So whatever, really bad. Uh, then we saw I Hate God. I saw Exodus, Superjoint. And then I saw King Diamond for two and a half hours surrounded by a bunch of middle-aged Mexican dudes with long sleeve King Diamond shirts tucked into the, their Wrangler jeans. That's and they awesome. were singing and doing the invisible orange dance, you know, where you pretend you're holding oranges. Oh, my God. They're doing that the whole two hours that this dude was singing. It was unbelievable. They did just the Abigail record. Oh, really? But they also did some Merciful Fate songs. They did uh, that Don't Break the Oath song or whatever. Sure, 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 sure. Dude, they were awesome. Like, it was so good. It was so, so good. Wait, was was it awesome? So awesome. Can't even begin to tell you how awesome it was. Most awesome thing. That's great. So that was really great. And then um, then, uh, the next day we saw, oh, do you know the uh, Guinea Pig Zero movies from Japan? I've heard of them. I haven't seen them. They're awful. They're, they're so bad but there's an american one now american guinea pig blood shock oh that's and great. so we watched that and the director was there and uh, all i'm gonna say is that we wanted to leave the movie before they started the q a so we wouldn't have to answer any questions as to why we thought this movie was the worst piece of shit ever made even worse than the saga movie oh, and man. it was fucking awful is dude if you like those guinea pig zero movies then more power to you. Just enjoy watching more people get chopped the fuck up and screaming and shit. And there you go. Get in there. Uh, then, then we saw. <laughs> there you go. Get in there. Yeah. Then we saw Nails. Uh, finally saw Poison Idea. They're awesome. Uh, Crippled Bastards from Italy. Drop Dead. Yo, Drop Dead were so fucking good. Um, and then we had to leave the show and watch a movie called God Told Me To from the 70s. Have you seen this movie? I have not seen it. It's I hear good things about awesome. it. awesome. Yeah, and that, yeah, was a, yeah. that was a weird uh, weird experience because uh, Phil Anselmo introduced it. So uh, he was like, here we are watching one of the greatest movies from the 70s. It's just, I need a cocktail. And then Bill Mosley was in the room with us, and there was like four other people at the screening. Sure. So we watched the movie with Phil Anselmo and Bill Mosley. Sure. So that happened. Um, it was pretty good. It's about just people just start killing people. And uh, when the detective's like, why'd you do it? He's like, God told me to. And then like all this stuff happens. And it's fucking sure. wild. Uh, it doesn't end up the way you think it's going to end up. But um, while the credits were rolling for that, I put the nerd strap on right back to the to the venue for a negative approach. And let me tell you, negative approach are the one band that keeps on getting better every time I see them. I love them. And we've seen them so many times now, but every single time. So good. So negative approach, corrosion of conformity. And then I saw Agoraphobic Nosebleed. Have you ever seen them? Uh, I think I saw them once a long time ago. Did not know there was a female in that band. I was oh, going to say. Yeah, girl. Okay. Fine. Uh, then we saw Suffocation. The one guitar player in Suffocation looks like Michael Nutter with a dreadlock mullet. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so awesome. So they were good. And then Michael I saw, Nutter. dude, so good. Then we saw Gwar documentary. It was a movie in progress. It was uh, presented by um, Sleazy P. Martini, that guy. I forget his actual name. Sure. But um, it was a half hour, the, fir- the first half hour of the movie. It was awesome. I mean, if yeah. you like Gwar even tangentially, it's a really interesting documentary. Sure. So that was cool. And then he showed uh, the actual Gwar movie that they made called Skullhead Face. Okay. And that's just, I mean, if you like Gwar, it's like an hour, hour long Gwar video. So that's, that's cool. cool. And then we saw a movie called Chateau Sauvignon, which is a short movie. And then, do you know that movie Found? There's a horror movie called Found where a kid's finding out that his older brother is a serial killer. No. 
Yeah, Stephen Dyer, a friend of the podcast, told me about it. I actually have not seen it yet, but apparently in the movie, there is a movie that the kid is watching in there. Sure. And somebody took it upon themselves to make that movie, and that movie ended up being called Headless. Oh. And uh, I watched that, and that was also a horrific piece of shit. Mm. Fucking bummer. Was not into it. And then the end of the festival, and I saw Ghoul. I don't know if you've seen Ghoul. I've never gotten to see them, no. They play with bags on their heads and spray blood on people, and it was pretty interesting. I mean, it was fine. The records are good, but, you know, it's just whatever. But then we saw Zombie, the band, and that was awesome, from Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And then the final event of the whole festival at my vacation was we saw Zombie with Claudio Simonetti. The lives. movie Zombie. No. Oh, we saw the movie Dawn, Dawn of the, of the Dead, Dead sure. as scored by Goblin. Yeah, featuring Claudio Simonetti, yes. and uh, there were projection issues. You know, technically, you were right because in Europe, Dawn of the Dead was called Zombie, and Zombie was Zombie Two. Right, that's why Zombie. I'm a yeah. nerd. No, no, I, I was there with you. I know, I know. I'm so, down. so you were saying that the band was good, but they had projection. They issues. had projection issues. The movie kept on stopping and starting, and then it just wasn't a fluid stream. Like I was going to say, were they streaming it? They must have been. I don't that's know what happened. I, that they, how do you not get a motherfucking Blu-ray at the, or at the minimum? You, at dude, the minimum, it was it was such a bummer, and uh, it was just like it felt really disrespectful because like Goblin had to stop playing at one point while they sure. squared that, and then you sure. just saw the computer screen stuff pop up, and it's just like. Sure. Y'all motherfuckers knew this shit was gonna happen. Didn't you not test your shit first? Like, did you not like want to sit down and be like, "Hey, let's make sure this works"? Yo, I I never want to watch a streaming thing. Like, at, yeah. At this point, I, this is how bad film things have gotten. I'm excited now when it's a DCP because I've been to so <laughs> many things where a it's, it's just a Blu-ray, but at least yeah. a Blu-ray is reliable. But yeah, I do think like, okay, well, what's the difference between me watching a Blu-ray? in this theater or or watching it at my house. Yeah. There's obviously there's always some difference. I actually do think movies should be watched with a group of people as opposed to by yourself. Yeah. But I, I'm a little bit like, it's not worth paying for that experience per se. And then I'm really bummed if they are streaming a movie. Fuck you. Like there's just like, I I cannot with that. I just don't understand. I just don't get it. You know? I I mean, mean, I, I do get it. It saves money. You're You're saving money to fly goblin out from Italy. No, I mean, in that case, I'm sure I assume in that case, what was going on was, um, like a, what's available there might not be a new dcp of the movie yeah and so in order to get the rights they might have cost less to stream it i mean granted that's all speculation it could be that they're just assholes i don't know but (laughs) but i'm willing to give a little bit of leap but even then you're right none of that matters you know you're streaming it yeah you know that's the situation get it together test it out ahead of time make sure it works make sure everything's running well dude make sure your internet connection is fucking good (laughs) yeah jesus christ wi-fi signal i'm sure they were just showing it i'm sure they were just showing it off of youtube on their laptop dude it was a serious bummer but um, whatever. It still ended up being awesome. It's still a, one of my favorite movies. You know what I mean? And like, you had a good time overall, it sounds like. Well, we were there with a uh, big up to my girl, Grace Kim, and my, Grace uh, Kim. my new friend, Matt Russell. We we're hanging out with those guys in San Antonio. Cool. And uh, it was just me and Melani. Anywhere we go is a party, as you know. So You guys are amazing. We are super fun. Not even going to lie to you. So, you know, we had a great time. <laughs> and uh, it, thanks is- to, also thanks to you for all of your uh, suggestions and uh, hookups with Austin. And uh, I just putting I love, us down with all this awesome stuff out there. I love Austin. I feel like I could have done it, for whatever reason. It didn't occur to me till you were going that I was like, "Oh, did I recommend stuff for Josh?" So I just kind of did it last minute. If I had thought about it, I would have been like, "Okay, here's what I think you should do." Yeah, dude. and I would have had stuff. Although to be fair, I, I I can only do the food thing a little bit because you guys are better tourists than I am. Are we? In the sense of 
you know, I've been to Austin now four times. Mm. You managed to see at least five things I've never seen. Oh, wow. In those four times I've been to Austin. Mm. Because for me, A, I usually go to Austin for a film fest. So uh-huh. um, I only take a couple days to tour the city. And then when I do tour the city, I'm eating food, I'm buying <laughs> records. I'm only, you guys, you know, I only went to one art museum. You guys went to three art museums. We did. You know what we I mean? did. We also, we, we went to the O. Henry house. Have you been to O. Henry house? No. Well, I don't know if you know, like, I love O. Henry. He's one of my I favorite. I did not know that. He's one of my favorite authors of the short form. Like him and Ambrose Pierce. I know they're completely polar opposites, but. I adore them both and going to see his house where he lived and all that stuff like that shit was cool. That's great. That was a really, really interesting time. So I think so. in that sense, you guys could tell me, I think actually we should probably eventually plan trips together oh, so dude. that like so great. you and Melani would be like, yo, we're going to go check out this museum and then we would go. And then me and Susan would be like, we already figured out where we're eating. Cause we read, we obsessively read blogs by local <laughs> food nerds till we found a place. Um, although to be fair, some of the places you went were places. I, I make it sound like I discover all these places in Austin, but like, for example, biscuits and groovy. Uh, so just because good. of friend, friend of the podcast, David Delgado, just one morning was like, we're going to go to this place. And he took me there and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, dude, also, big up to our man Ed Travis. Also, yeah, you got friend. to you finally got to hang out with Ed. I got to hang out with Ed. I got to hold his baby, and that was cool. And, I have uh, not even met his baby. You're a better friend than I am. <laughs> I met him and his wife and the baby, and he took us to a place called Easy Tiger, and yeah. uh, they had nice beef jerky and soft pretzels there. Yeah, <laughs> don't lie, you didn't like the food. No, I liked it. It was good, and it was awesome hanging out. <laughs> it was great. And Ed, you have to know, you have to know that Josh was like, "Yo, man, Ed is." the coolest i'm so glad i got to meet him he's such a nice guy well, you were right though because i texted him before he hung out with you and said don't let ed pick the food because he, he has bad tasted food that's what i said i said ed has terrible taste of food oh, man. And, and and then he texted me he was like you're right man the you're beef right. jerky was 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 good it was all good <laughs> I'm a bad guest. You're not a bad guest. Ed <laughs> needs to learn, man. You're just lucky he didn't take you to P. Terry's. That's the, I'm just saying. I went to P. Terry's of my own accord, but only because we had to get food on the fly because we were going to do so much shit, but that's beside the point. P. Terry's actually isn't bad. It's just Ed treats it like it's like the next <laughs> level of cuisine. And I'm like, yo, man, it's burger joint. Ed is an amazing dude, dude, by the way. He's Ed really is fun. awesome. He's it really was fun. really cool to hang out. And uh, it was interesting to, to hang out with a friend who I've met because of the podcast. And, uh, to be fair, also, uh, one person I met in Austin was yeah. like, oh, you're the guy from Cinepunks. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I sent a picture. He's friends with you. His name is Brandon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's actually a Philly guy, though. You just never met him. Oh, yeah. Okay. But then there was one young lady at the uh, Chain of Strength show, the first one at the Mohawk that came up to me. I was oh, like, yeah. hey, I know you. And I was like, cool. Who are you? And we totally were talking for a minute. And then she was like oh, wait, I don't know you. You're from Cinepunks. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I just see your picture whenever you guys post stuff. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. So, uh, so yeah. So, That's so, great. So far. Big ups to that girl, whoever that, Yeah, you are. whoever she was. Yo, you are awesome. Just hit us up. Maybe we'll be, be a Skype guest. But um, Yeah, that's true. We do need to have more <laughs> Skype guests. Pretty That'd sweet. be sick. But so far, so when, when we were in uh, Boston, when we were at, uh, at the thing, I got to meet the Vinegar Syndrome guys. Yeah. And I got to meet... Um, uh, the one author friend that your friends is. So oh, uh, Adam. yeah, Adam, yeah. And uh, it, it just feels interesting to just talk to people 
that have heard of Cinepunks that, sure. that are, I don't know personally. Well, and you and, you don't make a lot of uh, you don't make a lot of Twitter friends. No, I don't. See that, like for example, the other weekend I went and saw Jesus Peace in Bethlehem, mm. and my friend Jeremiah was there, and I only know Jeremiah because of Twitter. And then Is that he, Jeremiah Nelson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was up. He was up here. He huh. just got a job with Comcast, so ah. he came up to Philly for a meeting. And then that podcast, as the story grows, big ups to them. Um, he knows the guys from that, so he was hanging out with a dude, and it was it was cool. We all went to brunch the next day. It was a fun That's time. Awesome, man. So like, you don't uh, do that. That's no, not your. Thing. I don't really you don't know make, how to do that. You don't really make Twitter friends. Although Jeremiah, I I, I'm friends with on Facebook too because of the podcast, I guess. And he seems like a really nice guy. So he is the best. And I think um, he bought punk Cinepunks t-shirts. Yeah, one hundred percent, he did. Well, Dude. and I I think we could. I mean, not to get on the topic on on the podcast of the podcast, but I do think that um, hopefully we will start to have those people who, because they listen to the show feel like they know us and feel like they you know um care about us in some sense like not in a creepy <laughs> like they are stalking us way but just in a way where they're like you know they listen to the show and um anyway i just i i, I uh, whatever it it was cool meeting i mean i've met jeremiah it was cool hanging out with jeremiah it was cool meeting um travis from as the story grows i think i've met the other guy on as the story grows his name i forget um, but I don't know if I've met him. But right. Travis, I had not met before, and he, you know, we had brunch. He met my wife. That's, That's awesome. Like, cool. You That's know, so cool. I met man. his neighbor. So, like, I mean, don't be wrong. Like, I do understand the skepticism of people where it's like, oh, internet people, whatever. Like, yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But it's just not really more. It's you know, the same it's, thing. When I went to that conference, I hung out with uh, Toy Adams, who. Yes, like we have friends. Like I had friends in real life who know him in real life, so mm. it's not like we're unrelated. Yeah. But we would never have talked to us from the internet. Or same thing, uh, uh, young lady named Brandy Daniels who is doing her PhD at Duke, but she lives in New York. I had never met her. We followed mm. each other on the internet forever, but I had never actually met her. Met her, yeah. And I got to meet her at the conference. So that that's like awesome. that sort of thing is cool. I also I didn't say this before, but this is the highlight of the conference. And then I swear we're going to start the actual show. Uh, <laughs> I got to meet. Um, a guy named Jay Cameron Carter, who is a professor at Duke. And I've liked his, he wrote a book called race, a theological account. I've been obsessed with that book for a long time. And he was there and something came up about Philly. And it turns out he's from Philly. Originally he nice. teaches at Duke, but he's from Philly. He went to temple and then he went on after that. I right. didn't know. I don't know why I didn't know that. I knew all the stuff about him. I didn't know that. So we started talking about Philly. And then one of the other professors who was there, this guy, John Caputo, who's an older guy, definitely from a different world, theologically speaking in some ways, uh -huh. but he's also a Philly guy. So all of a sudden all, three of us i'm talking to two of the presenters like big names of the conference nice the three of us are just talking about philadelphia we even took a picture sue's got a picture of us but then we took a picture that caputo took like a like a philly guys together picture hey. but then i didn't have the heart to be like yo text me that so i don't know if that picture exists somewhere i i actually i made friends with dr caputo on facebook just to see if he posted the picture so i could then make it my profile picture if he ever posted it. but i haven't seen it yet right right but right, uh right, right. but even talking to dr carter about philly and he was like i really want to be writing about gentrification and i really think philly's a test case for you know some of the colonial mindset going on there and whatever yeah. whatever he's just a uh, an amazing professor and anyway so that was great and and again he knows 
I mean, part of the reason I felt okay talking to him is that he knows people that I know because mm. of the internet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, we're gonna get started. We're gonna take a quick break, um, not because I have to pee, <laughs> and then uh, we're gonna jump into this conversation around sports films. I hope sports you'll stick movies. With us. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. So All right. here so we are. Sports films. Sports movies. As we said, as we said, we're you know we're inspired by Creed, so I feel like we should start with. Sort of the Philly sports movie I think of as the Philly sports I, I movie, which call is Rocky. It the Philly sports movie. I call it the, the Philly sports franchise. Sure, 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 sure. But I mean, there's not. I mean, I don't. Other than Invincible, right? Is uh-huh. the is the Eagles movie, right? Oh yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's probably a couple other biopics that are related to Philadelphia. Mm. I don't really know that many Philadelphia centric sports movies other than Rocky, especially ones that feel like philadelphia i mean this is the thing like people joke about philly's obsession with rocky mm. but there are so few movies in the history of philadelphia that feel like, like philadelphia, philadelphia movie. the way that rocky does the way that blowout does mm-hmm. the way that trading places does trading places true 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 um i don't know i can't think of that many others yeah that feel very as a philadelphia person and granted i'm not trying to say I'm like oh, i'm the most philly guy no but, but there's an authentic feeling that yeah, goes yeah, along yeah. with the city yeah and uh so rarely has it been captured on film i feel very rarely i'm actually there i just watched a trailer for what does not look like a good movie to me um i think it's called the benefactor oh. it's a new richard gear movie Ugh. Filmed in Philly, I and literally does not have the, the Philly the, the feel. Tra- to it. No, that it does. That's the only reason I'm going to see it. Ah, granted, once I watch it, it might not. But just the trailer had like very intentional shots that felt like Philadelphia, uh-huh. and like the trailer ended, and and I just the Sue's. I'm like, I didn't look good, but I think I want to see it. Sue's <laughs> was like, it looked very Philadelphia. I'm like, exactly. There you, you know? go. There you go. Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about why. Rocky, well, a movie well, that in some let's, let's talk first about. I I, I want to know your you don't rela- want to you don't want to start with Rocky. No, no, I want to know your relationship to Rocky. Well, I mean, so here's the thing: Rocky, in some ways, is a real bummer of a movie in the sense of it's a movie that, if you look at it a certain way, is very much like an America movie. It's right. a movie about the American dream and making yourself and dignity and whatever. Granted, it it's not overly. Um, it's not overly sentimental in the sense of Rocky. Oh, spoiler! Rocky doesn't win, and right, that's right, actually right, right. kind of liberating. But the idea that he's like the white hope against the mm. black guy—that kind of bums me out. <laughs> um, some of the, I think, the portrayal of where he's from is actually pretty accurate in a Even lot of ways. They shot a lot of it in North Philly and called it South Philly. Yeah, I mean that's a thing. I mean, <laughs> you know, I used to work at a church not far from here in Fishtown and yeah. there were still people at the church who had 16 millimeter copies of the movie what? that they were given as benefit for using their homes and their places in the, wow. sh- in the movie. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh as far as that goes, and so if you, yeah, if you come to South Philly, you're not going to see Rocky. No, you're, if you go to Lehigh, you'll see the Rocky. Yeah, exactly. And all that well, shit. and not, I love, I'm sure a lot of those places are like burned down. And yeah, shit yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Poverty but, has taken them over. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but I do think there is something about the uh, underdogginess of it, the yeah. tenaciousness of it. I think that's that's the Philadelphia element of it, though. Yeah, the very much like, the, oh, you say I can't do it? Well, fuck you. Yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> There's something about that that's very appealing. Um, uh, I think it's interesting because he becomes such a like a helper sidekick later. But uh-huh. the the original Polly is like a to me a Philly thing. Yeah, the, the original Polly shitty guy is a shitty is a shitty is a shitty friend who if you let him could ruin your life. Mm-hmm. 
that makes me think of a lot of people in Philly. You know what I mean? Like in the sense of like they had those friends, they had those relationships. Yeah. You know, and and just the 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 difficulty. I, I actually think succeeding when you come from a place of poverty is complicated. It's actually complicated. It's not an easy thing. We make it out like, right. oh, you made it. Yeah, you know, bootstraps. Good but job. Even even the minor amount of success that Rocky has is mm. dangerous. It's a negotiation. It's not yeah. obvious. And again, it's made easier because he's white. And I wish the film had some knowledge of race other than all the black guys are good at boxing i'm gonna come in and be a white guy it's crazy (laughs) but but uh but i also think the series as a whole does Uh a better job in redeeming those issues you know by making as it grows as it matures it becomes more cognizant of things like the disparities of, of race and like you know you know, Rocky goes being rich, being poor, like all those like weird class right. issues are addressed as well. It's really and, a shame that the last, what I consider the last of the actual series, uh-huh. knowing that Rocky Balboa is a great movie, but it's it's sort of an addendum. Yeah, the mo- the the original franchise ends with five, and five thematically has the most interesting stuff going on right. in dealing with Philadelphia, and is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's certainly <laughs> the worst of the series. Yeah. And I, I that's have, the Tommy Gunn one, right? That's where oh, they fight under the L and all that crap. I have not even seen Creed, and I know for a fact that Rocky is. Five is the worst movie <laughs> of the series. So, so do you celebrate the entire catalog? Are you all about all the Rockies? Like, do you like the Clubber Lang? No, one? I mean like, I this is I which, have which one have you seen the most? Okay, so first and foremost, let me say this, and this is I think something that comes up a lot on the show which is that i don't i do think rocky deserves respect i'm not trying to say that the rocky franchise is a bad franchise or anything like that Mm. but as a lot of things in philly so for example if you want me to have a conversation with you person not from philadelphia about comparing the cheesesteak as a sandwich Uh to whatever shitty sandwiches are in existence where you live, uh-huh. then I'm going to go to war with you, and that's fine. Yeah. But within the context of Philadelphia, I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> who cares about the cheese? Don't, don't let the outside world tell you that the cheesesteak matters, because the cheesesteak is not actually that important. Yeah. It, it, especially not, not in the history. five sandwich. No, and it's especially in the history of Philadelphia, which is actually a German city, not an Italian city, but whatever. <laughs> Put all that aside. It's kind of how it is with Rocky. I think the original Rocky's great. Uh-huh. I think it actually is defensible in many ways as just right. a great film. I think each of the subsequent Rockies, except for five, so that's two, three, four, have things about them I like. Uh-huh. I think for me personally, four is my favorite. Two and three, I was kind of annoyed with for a while. I think yeah, I got I got fine. frustrated with two because two is just one where they're like, but let's do a better ending. Yeah, let's do a more triumphant ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and three. Clubber uh, Lang. Well, here's the thing. There's a fun to three. I rewatched three not that long ago, and I it was fun. Uh-huh. I love the Hulk Hogan cameo. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I love uh, I love aspects of the story, but overall, it's not as good. I mean, I think what you get is that two and three are very fun movies. Yeah, but compared to one, which is you were surprised. I'm surprised at how great a movie. I mean, I think one Dude, is really still amazing. To this day, one stands up so strong to everything. I think so. To I th- just non-Rocky movies too. It's just such a good movie. I think when people and, talk shit on one, they just are judging it by the rest of the franchise, or they haven't really given it given it a chance. I yeah. think Rocky's well written and well acted. I mean, uh-huh. you can't you can write off Stallone as an actor in the sense of his choice of roles and mm-hmm. his performances overall, but you can't say well he could never act because. That's act, Rocky's amazing yeah. in that way. Didn't he? He wrote it too, didn't he? I, you know, I don't know. So here's the thing: is that I've heard that before. He wrote it. Uh-huh. My understanding 
since then is that he helped rewrite the script, uh, but that the original story came from somewhere else. Right. Um, if someone wants to be a better scholar than we are, check that <laughs> or out. knows how to use the internet. Well, I just don't feel yeah, like it right no, now. Because we're talking, baby. We're no, talking. we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> suffice it to say, I had watched something. I mean, one. Of, so one of the deals with Rocky is that one of the people behind Rocky is actually the guy who invented the Steadicam. And oh part, yeah, yeah, because the, the scene where he's running, they filmed it through Steadicam. And and uh, the, you see it most the st- when they go up the steps that yeah. no one had been able to get that shot the way they get it up the steps because mm-hmm. that guy. I mean, that whole sequence was written for him to be like, yeah, I'm going to show off the Steadicam. So yeah. that was part of it, but. I mean, so the way it's filmed, um, I think the the performances are are amazing. And even just like as a boxing film, I I think, well, I don't want to get down this road too far, but just in the realm of boxing films, I don't know for me that there's a more exciting boxing film than that in a lot of ways. You know, I recently saw Southpaw. As a movie, I don't think it's very good. It's awful. I think a lot of the boxing was actually pretty well done. It was well shot. But, but. Even though I think the fights in a movie like Southpaw or maybe some other boxing movies, they may have gotten some of the technical details better Mm -hmm. than Rocky. The Rocky fights are so good in a movie that's good overall. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know what I mean? It's sort of like if you saw a movie and it had B to B plus level action, but it's in a movie that's great anyway. That's better than... Uh, we just talked about Ed, but I got to name it. It's better than a Scott Atkins movie where, sure, the whole movie Scott Atkins kicks ass, but it's a bad movie. Yeah. It's fun. You're like, oh, look, Scott Atkins. <laughs> I mean, there's a new Scott Atkins trailer for this movie. Um, oh, what is it called? Scattershot or Counter Event? Or I don't I don't know what it's called. Close Shot? I don't know what it's called. It's a, I mean, the trailer gives you no information about the plot uh-huh. it's just scott atkins fighting and in the in the trailer <laughs> just scott atkins fighting and in the trailer he parkours as my wife put it the trailer ended and my wife is like laughing and i'm like oh you thought that was funny she goes he parkours not one but two cars in so the trailer bad. and to me if he parkour oh, if he man. parkours two cars in the trailer i expect at least four five yeah, yeah 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 he's he's better he better jump over a lot of motherfucking cars <laughs> in the movie the, the, but i mean I'm, I'm making a humorous point but i i think it's for real in that the thing with rocky is that it's a very exciting and fun sports movie that still has all of the character and heart that sometimes you miss mm-hmm. and it's a sports movie that involves violence so yeah. you know you, you if you're watching a baseball movie and you don't care about baseball sometimes it's hard for you to care about extended baseball scenes right but with a boxing movie unless you completely abhor violence uh-huh. then it's probably a problem. then why are you gonna watch the movie right but i'm saying if you yeah. like if you enjoy dramatic violence <laughs> then a boxing movie combines that violent aspect with, with that dramatic the sports yeah. competition aspect plus you have burgess meredith in there like, burgess meredith so is so good, good in that movie so awesome dude so talk good. about rocky when did you first see rocky uh i first saw rocky um I, I think that was the first of the franchise that i saw that was my introduction rocky one and i saw two and three and i was like man like didn't care but sure. then i got cable right when rocky four was uh, put out on hbo sure so the consequence of that is i've seen rocky four so many times sure i know all the phonetic pronunciations of the russian in the movie sure i've not i mean i know what they mean because the words at the bottom and i can say them like i'm ivan drago but sure. like that's it though, and but the I mean, end of the day, that's my favorite Rocky movie. I was no, I mean, I, I was gonna say right after Rocky one is Rocky four, and yeah. that's what what I was sort of. I kind of lost my my train of thought there. That's what I was building towards is the idea that two and three as ridiculous movies 
after Rocky are in the shadow of Rocky, which is a great movie. Yeah. By the time you get to Rocky Four, enough time has passed, and uh-huh. Rocky Four is so over the top Dude. ridiculous. I mean, they solved the Cold War in the ring, it's and it's so good. And then Rocky's oh. speech at the end: "If I could change, and you could change, then we all could change." Dude, tell me that move that that should I I, I defy you to watch that scene and not be moved. I must break you. I must break you. Yatsimya. Yatsimya. Dude, all that shit. And then when Drago's like, if he dies, he dies. Dude, I've said that line conversationally, and it still makes me laugh to this day. I think this is what I this is what I think is what is so painful about Rocky Five. Yeah. That Rocky Four is such a crescendo. Yeah. Like literally, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, I can't believe this snow. is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. then you get to Rocky Five, and it's like, uh, well, just takes and, a big and, turd and on then, everything. You know, they tried to get everything very serious. They're so like, well, Rocky's poor now, and he has brain damage. And he has and a hat he has again, a thing, and, and, yeah. and he's trying to get into the stuff. And oh, he's got this student, and you know, the poverty stuff. And there's, you know, there's themes going on there, and they just did it bad. It's just bad. Yeah. And the street fight is bad. It's all bad. <laughs> it sucks. Now, what do you but, think of? Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa came out at the same time that the Rambo movie came out. It did. And it was an interesting time for those of us, myself included, who are sure. fans of Sly. Like Sylvester sure. Stallone, for people, children of the 80s will back me up on this. Sylvester Stallone was the fucking man back then. Well, I mean, let's back up a little bit. Uh, my relationship to Rocky is actually fraught because of Sylvester Stallone, because I think that... Uh, this is going to be a weird reference, but follow me really quick. Okay. At the house screening, uh-huh. the director of house uh, said, um, during the time when he was going to make house, there was this revolution happening in independent filmmakers. Right. And independent filmmakers like Spielberg and Lucas were doing these things. And people in the crowd laughed. And they laughed because they are younger. Uh-huh. And don't realize that Spielberg and Lucas started as, as independent, independent filmmakers. filmmakers. Yeah. They literally, when they laughed, I literally wanted to turn around and be like, "Yo, fuck you!" <laughs> a, because they're laughing at the director of House, but B, because it's so ignorant because they don't know because they think Star Wars. Yeah, and it's no, like, I mean, I mean, I mean, first like, of all, no. even Star Wars was not actually like fully funded movie, you know, yeah, or whatever. It wasn't. But was... but but you know, what about American Graffiti? What about yeah, what you know, about THX even fucking even fucking even fucking Jaws, man? Yeah, like, Jaws. Was... Jesus Christ! Come on, and so and so, what really? bums me out about that is that was that ignorance is what kept me from rocky because really? my experience of schwarzenegger was schwarzenegger schwarzenegger and stallone i, I can understand yeah confusion, yeah i confused so in the 80s they were they were as a kid dude because remember i'm a couple years younger than you those were like the same dudes like yeah, i just didn't yeah, really yeah, think about it and i had seen and, i had seen movies like cobra i had seen fucking you know, which i appreciate now but like as a kid oh, my thing with rocky was like Oh, it's a sports movie with the with friggin' Stallone. Dude can't even finish a sentence. Yeah, I just saw whatever. I mean, he also did a series of like shitty cop movies. Like, like uh, yeah, not, even, not even, not even, not like even Cobra. No, Copland is a great movie. Actually, I actually Cop- haven't seen it. Copland. You said shitty cop movie, and I knew that he was in a movie called Copland. No, no, no. But Copland would be later, more pathetic Stallone, which I think is actually <laughs> the best. There's that midpoint in the early '90s where he's doing comedies. And oh, things. like Stop or My Mom. Oh shoot. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And so for me, he's such a he's such a established person by that point that like 
going back to Rocky was a weird thing for me. And it wasn't until I started to care more about movies. Uh-huh. And like I said before, uh, it's also the ubiquitousness of Rocky love in Philadelphia that people yeah. just fucking jerk off to Rocky. We got a fucking Rocky statue that I was like, I was like, Oh, Rocky, whatever. And it's, so it's one of those things where you go back and you're like, Oh, oh wait, wait, everyone's totally right. A good movie. And that's the thing too. I mean, because of the ubiquity, ubiquity of Rocky in Philadelphia. Like I love whenever they showed on the art museum stairs, Sure. Dude, that's a film experience that is specific to Philadelphia. Sure. That is so transformative for those of us who already know and love Rocky. I mean, I I think a lot of people who show movies in Philly are kind of uh, anxious. What are you doing right now? I'm fucking around. I don't know. This thing has been bugging me. Anyway, sorry. Go on. I think think for people who are film exhibitors in Philadelphia, they're tired of the Rocky on the Art Museum steps because it's become... So obvious and such a regular thing. We're going to show Rocky. We're going to show Rocky. We're yeah, going to show Rocky. But it's, I also get psyched every single time. I've I, watched it every single time. I understand, but I, I mean, so I, but that's, so that's the comp. This is, I actually think, as much as we're having a casual Rocky conversation, I do think we're kind of getting at something important, which is that um, sometimes because of the ubiquitous nature of things that are actually good, you don't appreciate how good they are. Yeah. And it's not because you're trying to be an elitist prick. It's just, it's everywhere. It's just, and you just don't take it well, seriously for what it is. It's like when we talked to Dan about them screening evil dead and evil dead too. Like yeah. they've done it so many times yeah. that, you know, how many times are you going to watch this great movie? Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. But you're going to see it so many times, but that's, that kind of circles back to the whole discussion on sports movies in general. Sure. Cause here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think is funny about sports movies. Okay. They all follow the same template. Yeah, I mean, a, a, they all there, there's follow, not a variety of sports there movies. There is not a variety of sports movies. I mean, Rocky losing at the end of Rocky 1 is like the most like challenging thing. It's one of the most I've interesting things about those movies. About sports movies in general, in a yeah. whole genre. And then you get all these other movies that are, I mean, like, how, do you, have you seen a lot of sports movies? So, um, let's... Because uh, I mean, part we, of part of the reason we don't give a shit about sports. I think, we are people that don't care. I think part of the reason I wanted to focus on boxing a little bit is that I've seen some boxing movies, I've and seen. you were in Creed. <sighs> I, 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 as the star of Creed, what's it like for you watching other sports movies? <laughs> you know, they just don't have the excitement <laughs> of when I was in the crowd for Michael B. Jordan fighting. Uh, fighting random, <laughs> fighting random Hispanic dude who I don't know who he was. <laughs> you know, I was really. It wasn't hard oh, to man. portray that level of excitement because Michael B. Jordan, you know, is yeah, so is dynamic. Human torch. Yeah, I know. I get it. It's cool. <laughs> He's the human torch. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. But, no. 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 Let's. 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 Sorry. Let's. Let, Do you like sports movies? Well, okay. So this is what I was going to say. The reason I wanted to focus a little bit on boxing movies is because for me they are so much more about an individual yeah and they're about that individual's achievement and they're so mixed so for example the other night i watched raging bull Uh and i think raging bull is a great example of such a weird mix of a movie such a strange i mean it's a tragedy in some ways it's like uh, this guy's life yes boxing is such a weird element to that yeah i wouldn't even consider it a sports movie yeah i but for for whatever reason it's the lens that literally when i think about sports movies it's hard for me not to think about rocky and not to think about raging bull now what other sports movies do i enjoy well i tend to enjoy humorous ones yeah like major league yeah like like i if we're talking about a serious sports movie you know i okay i kind of appreciate though i don't love friday night lights the movie 
Right. And honestly, what do you appreciate about it? Um, that explosions in the sky did the soundtrack. Oh, I thought they, I think they, I thought they did the soundtrack more for the TV show than the movie. Oh, I don't know. I just think it's funny that explosions in the sky, and also I think uh, Russian Circles was a band. Like the, again, all these again, weird I think that was the TV show. Post rock bands though. Doing well, it, it was for... it was filmed mostly in Austin. It was a big thing for Austin. Uh, the show. Okay. In fact, uh, it's closed now. Or I would have told you to go to the barbecue. The barbecue place in the show is a real yeah. barbecue place. I've Austin. never watched the show. I, I have no interest in that show, dude. I'm telling you, yeah, you're so wrong. Am I? Yeah. Well, you're not as big of a melodrama guy as me. Yeah. But like, if you have any appreciation for well done melodrama, that's the one. Huh? Perfect. Yeah. It's literally perfect if that's what you like. <laughs> I just think it's amazing. There was that one football movie that came out a couple years ago. Do you remember that where the kids were lying down in the street? And has shown how brave they were because the cars are whipping by, and then some football team did it, and then they all died because they got hit by cars because you shouldn't lie down in the street when no, I've never cars seen are driving. What the fuck movie was that? It was terrible. I don't know. See, that's the thing about sports movies. Typically, I fucking hate them. I really well, do. But this is, so this is why I'm confused. You wanted to do the sports movie thing because, because of the Creed. ones that I love are super fun. Let's talk about let's let's be positive for a bit before we shit okay. on sports movies. <laughs> what are some of the ones that really appeal to you that you really connect with that really say something to you, even though uh, you're not a sports guy? Even though I'm not a sports guy, does sure. the Karate Kid count? Because I was totally like, yo, Karate Kid is totally a sports movie. That ends in a tournament. I think it is a sports movie, but <laughs> some people might say it fits more as a coming of age movie. Okay, okay. But I mean, I think sports movies and coming I, again genre uh distinctions are fluid so whatever uh-huh. but that being said what appeals to you about karate kid as opposed to say well, like a baseball movie um what appeals to me about karate kid is that uh i don't know there's corpse paint in it and um <laughs> it's a good time uh sure, 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 it, sure, sure. it uh it makes uh white america think that there really is such a thing as the mystical asian which i'm into you hate the mystery. Um, I know, I do. I know. I was just kidding about that one. Is that, see, I don't know. Is Karate Kid really a good movie? No, I don't like that movie. But um, let me think. Movies that I do enjoy uh, that are sports movies. The Sandlot. Do you think The Sandlot is a sports movie? Yeah, it's a sports movie. It's about hmm. baseball. I, I mean, I, I mean that's an interesting question. Do we include like Field of Dreams? Is Field of Dreams a sports movie? Uh, well, what's a, what, what? Why don't we define our terms? What constitutes a sports movie? I mean, that's a good question. I, 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 does sports have to be in it, or does the sports have to be the focus? of it? I think the sports has to be the focus of it. Like, so for example, there's not that much baseball action in the movie Moneyball. Uh-huh. Moneyball to me is, is a, a sports, sports movie. movie. Well, what about Teen Wolf? Is Teen Wolf not a sports movie? It's no, movie. Teen Wolf is not a sports the movie. Whole, the whole dramatic scene at the end is with, with the wiener is a But it's not basketball. about the basketball team. It's not about the story of they the basketball They could do it without the wolf. That's the point of the story. I think, I think a better sports movie example that, that would be maybe uh, Chariots of Fire. Ah, yeah. Or... Okay. Um, What's that other bat? What's the who? What's the Hoosiers? Hoosiers with uh, Gene Hackman. Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. That's yeah. a. Um, and I hate basketball. I'm like you? I literally, as an actual sport, basketball is my least favorite sport in the sense of sports that I might actually watch. So I'm sure. I mean, because people say this whenever you say like, "Oh, I hate basketball," they're like, "It's better than like golf." Yeah. yeah well, I'm never fucking gonna watch golf. <laughs> Don't I mean, watch of, that shit of, either. Of sports that normal <laughs> humans might actually ask me to watch with them, basketball is my least favorite. Right. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of other baseball baseball specific movies like League for, of Their Own. 
Uh, Again, I so I I actually love a League of Their Own. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's a great Penny Marshall movie. I think it's a fun movie. Yeah, I think it's more about the experience of them as women than about baseball itself. Though okay. I don't think it's not about baseball. I think it's easier for me to like it as opposed to um, Coach be a, Carter. <laughs> yeah, I would never watch. that. I watched it. Yeah, I'm not into that. I did. I saw it. Uh, or like Rudy. Uh huh. What do you think of Rudy? Rudy's a great movie. That's a good movie. Again, with Rudy, though, is it about the the football? Or is like, it about the underdog Samwise Gamgee trying so to go for... I think I think we might be starting to come to something, which is that um, maybe sports movies in which the sports is just the... The ancillary story. Not even ancillary. It's, the back, it's a very important backdrop. Okay. And maybe it's an essential backdrop, but it's a backdrop for something else. Okay. It's so. not about... Yo, sports are sick. <laughs> it's here's, about here's a person growing through the medium of sports. Like, what do you think about? For, here's a, another. Here's two examples that might work for us in the same sport. Slapshot, uh, awesome movie, and Goon. I didn't see Goon because it wasn't oh, the Goon. Oh, Goon. Is it good? Uh, what's I his think, name? The blonde guy. Uh, I think Goon Stifler. is. I, I think Goon. First of all, Stifler. We've had this conversation before. Stifler is an underrated actor. <laughs> I think Stifler is a funny man. Uh, I think Goon is my main evidence. And if you haven't seen Goon, you need to see it. It's funny. Scott Thomas. What's his name? Yeah, something like that. Something Scott Thomas. I don't I don't remember. Jennifer I, Jason Lee. I just remember Mikey Smack got so stoked <laughs> when I said on the podcast <laughs> that I liked him. Here's here's the deal. I think Goon is it's a character story more than it is a sports film, but the hockey is a big part of it. So uh-huh. um to put it another way, if a hockey fan said I don't like Goon because it's not enough about the hockey, I would get that. Yeah. But if someone said I don't like Goon because there's too much hockey, I would also get that. It's not right. that hockey doesn't matter in the movie. Uh-huh. It's just it's, the a, it's almost not the a character, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. not the point. Here's a question. I think the answer is no, but do, would we consider Foxcatcher a sports movie at all? I would say yeah. I would totally say yeah. I'm that's... leaning towards no on that one just because it seems like it's more of like a bio movie, you know? Like, well, but see, that's the thing. I think the most interesting, I mean, like, would you call the 400 Blows a coming of age movie? Yes. It is a coming of age movie, but it's also a biopic. It's about Anton Danielle. It's about the one guy. Yeah. And, um, same thing with these sports movies. Even though it is that greater genre of sports sure. movie, they all have to be biopics for us to give a shit. Because otherwise we don't. I realized something, though, talking about this. How many um, baseball pictures are actually about kid, baseball? like kid coming of age pictures? Like maybe this is just my bias, but as I'm trying to think of baseball movies, I keep thinking of Little League movies, like <laughs> Bad News Bears and shit. Those are great, dude. Oh, Little Giants, another favorite of my of my uh, sports movies. Oh God, it, here's uh, like, <laughs> the I, annexation I, of Puerto Rico. I want to I want to focus on I want to focus on things we like. But a quick side note: there are some sports movies that are lauded, that are loved, that I hate. And Little Giants is one. No, Mighty Ducks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of nostalgia for that movie that is. Uh, Poorly placed. I can't say that I give a shit about No Mighty Ducks. No. Brian Yan owns one of the helmets that were used in that movie. Um, and I also think, I mean, you also have the problem sometimes in sports movies, I'm thinking of Bagger Vance, of falling oh. into the magical Negro. Yeah, thing. fuck that shit. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Shit is whack. But, um, so, wow. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're kind of going scattershot right now, but let's think about it. What appeals to us specifically I think about the, the sports movie? It's, it's the template of the champion, the clandestine one, goes in, falls on his face, gets up, and the wins. Like, that's the template. That's as, as I see it. Every single sports movie has that. 
There's I wouldn't the, say every single, but that's a common theme. That's the, I can think of like 20 movies that that's the story. Like, oh, they're going to win because they're really good, but they got to come together as a team and then they're going to win. Like, Well, that's not about the one guy, though, per se. When I... And this is going to sound weird, but my, I think my favorite of that template, okay, which arguably would make it my favorite sports movie, okay, Eight Mile. I hate you so. Eight Mile, because it's Eminem. Much. The only sport in is rhyme, son. <laughs> Eight Mile is not a sports movie. It is movie. though, because you are you crazy. got this dude that no, sucks. That's already no, no, but no, he's no, got no. this secret talent, no, and he no, has to cultivate it. No. He goes out there, he chokes. Papa Doc kills his ass, right? You're so and loud right he, now. Yeah, and then he comes back, and he, you know, bam, he, you know, no. he loses his girl to his homeboy. No. Dude, that is totally a sports movie. That's a sports movie. It's not a sports. Movie. It is. Here's the, why. Here's the, why it's not. They call it. Here's why battle. it's not. Here's why it's not. Here's why it's not. Okay. The idea of a performance film that fits all the criteria you're describing, whether it be a dancer Ooh. or a musician, those that's already there. <laughs> what makes a sports movie a sports movie is, is telling is, is telling a character story uh-huh. or the or a group story of triumph through the sport. Through the sport. <laughs> so then by that definition, there's so many movies that are considered sports movies that are not sports movies. Okay, well what what all are some... of the ones that we spoke about just now? What do you mean? Those are Rudy? Counts. Yeah. It's the story of the underdog. Just like in Rocky or a number of other movies, or Eminem, but, but it's rabbit. told through the sport. That's why it's a sports movie. Yeah, battle rap. It's a battle rap is not a sport. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Music? I would also argue by this argument, breaking. No, breaking. We're trying is to not save a... the youth center, man. Breaking is not a sports. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. By your redone definition, breaking is a sports movie. Yeah. Breaking is not a sports movie. It's a performance movie. It's not the same thing. It's like you're like saying like fame is a sports movie. Whoa, fame is not a it sports totally movie. is by this definition. I hate you so much. <laughs> so much. See, maybe when I said, "Hey, we should do an episode on sports movies," what I meant was, "Yo, don't you think breaking <laughs> is great?" <laughs> Breaking is awesome. We should talk about that. If we wanted to do a break-in episode, who would we invite? We should invite people on and do oh, a break-in man. episode. Oh, uh, We could... We, uh, dude, do we know any breakers anymore? I don't hey, even know any breakers anymore. Does anyone want to watch Breaking with us? And Breaking to Electric Boogaloo? The thing about Breaking to Electric Boogaloo is that is that, that... it's awesome? Yeah, no, I agree. That was the most cynical money grab in the history of film, I think. <laughs> That's really? a bullshit movie. Yeah. I don't know. Perhaps you were affected differently from the image of uh, Turbo dancing around in a room that's spinning. But for that's me, the worst. that shit is awesome. By the way, that room is the same room. I think I saw this, that that's the same room from Nightmare on Elm Street. No way. Yeah, I think so. I need to rewatch that documentary. I don't remember. Wow, but, that's great. Uh, anyways, um, I would watch Electric Boogaloo with you, the documentary about Canon Films. Ah, there you go. Yeah, That'd have been that. interesting. Okay, let's get back to what we were talking about, though. Sports I, I, I mean, I think what you are highlighting, though, is what we're realizing, which is that you, um, a, oftentimes, a sports movie is not about the sport. It's about the growth around the sport, and that's why they appeal to us. I wonder if there are counterexamples where there are sports movies that are primarily about the sport that appeal more to those sports fans. Yeah. Or if it really is the character story appeals to everybody in the sports sort of. I mean, for example, um, I don't love that movie Invincible. It's a Philly movie. It's yeah. a movie about football, which isn't even a sport I hate that much. It's just a sport I don't love, but I don't mm. hate it. Do you and actually love a sport? Is there a sport that you love? <sighs> Not as a spectator. No. As um, a participant, however. I, re- I Well, when I was a kid, I loved soccer. 
Yeah. I did other sports. I played Little League, and I hated it. And that's probably why I hate watching baseball now, because <laughs> I hate Little League. Yeah. I wrestled. I was ah, a wrestler. Okay. Uh, I still enjoy the concept of wrestling, mm. but I don't actually find it interesting to watch. Right. Um, Unless there's lots of turnbuckles like The Wrestler. Like yeah, that movie. That, that movie. That movie. Or that, Is that a sports movie? You know, that's an interesting question, because um, I, I would consider it a performance movie in the sense of... Um, it's about a performer and his struggle with fame and with the art of what he's doing. And I think that that's what sports entertainment is, is that it's physical art. Ah, maybe the distinction of sports entertainment is a thing. Well, I don't think it matters for the, I don't think it, I don't think it matters for the movie. It's for understanding the movie, but I do think that, um, uh, I think as much as I was yelling at you about it, I do think there's a relationship between movies about a performer in the arts and movies about sports. I don't actually think they're unrelated. Even if in our culture, the arts and sports oftentimes cannot be further apart. Yeah, that they're they are though both about things. performance for an audience. Someone is engaging with you most of the time in both sports and arts. Someone mm. is watching you. Someone is paying attention to what you're doing. So it's not just about you. It's oftentimes about your audience, mm-hmm. whether that's the fans or the audience of your work and about the team. In a lot of these movies, at least the team movies, I think do better than again, other than boxing. Boxing mm. is like one of the few that's really that's focused individual, on the individual this one yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even then, I mean, think about uh, Rocky. Is it about Rocky or is it about Rocky and Burgess Meredith's character, whose name I forget? And Polly. Yeah, Mickey and Polly and whoever. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think you see that, especially in Southpaw, that it's about mm. him and then his people around him mm. you know what i mean well i think also like with the team movies that's that that's the heart of like for i'll, I'll go back to coach carter because i have seen it uh, relatively a lot of times yeah that's and, really um, fucking weird it's bad but it's like a lot of the drama that's generated is in these interpersonal relationships between sure. people that are on the team sure and that's what most people relate to that like sure. oh man this guy's gonna take a hit so his homeboy can get ahead you know what i mean like that yeah. kind of stuff yeah and um i i I think that as far as sports movies go, they do bring out that exemplary character of humanity that involves sacrifice that then causes a greater goal to be achieved. Sure. And what other paradigm fits better for that type of achievement? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And granted, there are lots of other movies, like movies like, um, I don't know, Alive, where they, yeah. the soccer team crashes on, like, you know, and then people are eating each other and all that shit. But I think like, that's, but I'm just saying though, that's that. Well, and I wonder if it's that it's, the the world that it explores makes it easier to explore some of those themes. So, mm. uh, like you were saying, Eight Mile, um, Eight Mile is about more than what it the experience of being a battle rapper. That's mm-hmm. not really what that movie is about. No, it's, it's the about... world in which they're getting at those other themes. Mm. And uh, I mean, what we're saying probably seems pretty obvious to a lot of people. <laughs> but what I, I think it's worth thinking about it with a sports movie in that that's it's a lot easier to go to see a movie like Rudy that's about mm. football and cry. I mean, most, most men just, let me just reveal something to you. <laughs> 90% of men who've seen Rudy cry during Rudy. I would say, would you cry during Rudy? Uh, I have cried during Rudy. Yes. <laughs> I don't even love Rudy. I don't even love that movie, but it, it really it's gets at some you. stuff to you. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the deal. The question is that, um, it, it, in the medium of sports, it's easier for certain types of folk I won't, I won't gender it. I won't gender it exclusively. Maybe there are women yeah. for whom sports is an easier way to get at those emotions as well. Um, the, cause that doesn't matter what I'm, what I'm getting at though is the idea that the, then the, 
storytelling to get at other things matters. And granted, it, not that every you know, angels in the outfield doesn't have some meta thing about relationships. That's yeah. not. But but you know, no one. Very rarely is the point the sport. In fact, yeah. maybe that's what makes Moneyball interesting is that, that it's only about the sport, but you don't see it in there. Yeah, like it's not. You don't need to watch the baseball to understand that Moneyball is about baseball. You yeah, know, it's a, yeah, it's yeah. about the phenomena of baseball. Do any other movies way. do that? I, I don't know. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure there are movies that are more focused that way. I don't. I don't know that any movie does it as aggressively as Moneyball, but uh-huh. that's because that situation they're talking about is so much about Specific baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other ones. I mean, that's the thing, too, is that we're limited by the fact that we're only going to see sports movies which um, appeal to us. Yeah. I mean, like, like you, you there know, has to be something else about it. Like, we're going to end up watching the Broad Street Bullies movie yeah. that Rob Zombie does because oh, fuck yes. it's a sports movie. Yeah, but it's a Rob Zombie movie, which, although, you know, our opinions may be differing on that, we still agree that he is a filmmaker at, at its barest definition. And I mean, also, like it's, see him, yeah. it's Philadelphia. So, of course, we're going to see it. Yeah, well, and it's, like, a, it's a fighting movie. I mean, you can't make a movie about the flyers of that time and it's it's a movie about fighting as yeah. much as it's about hockey it's like know? a hockey fight club yeah bas- basically yeah. you know <laughs> um but i mean i i would probably watch uh i mean i wouldn't watch the set bladder propaganda movie but i would watch a soccer movie you know yeah. i would watch a rugby movie depending on the context have you seen the russians uh hockey movie one the red the um there's that documentary. Documentary. About the- no, I want to see it so yeah, bad. That's one of the movies that that's a sports movie. See, that's the other thing. Documentary filmmaking in terms of the I sports would actually genre. I would actually completely separate documentaries from the movies related to those topics. Yeah. In the sense of like um, a documentary about a sports team doesn't about, have to like, follow the same arc as a dramatic film. What about the Muhammad Ali movie, the the We Could Be Kings or whatever that movie was called. I thought you were going to say Ali, which I was going to say, yeah, that's definitely a sports movie. <laughs> but it's also a biopic, which is yeah. you know, kind of a weird That's know, a weird mix. distinction also. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's a mix. I mean, I think we're focusing a little too much on the genre stuff, but I think for... It also occurs to me just now that Billy that uh, yeah Billy Madison might be one of my favorite sports movies. (laughs) Isn't that the golf one? No, oh no, Happy Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Sorry, they're all the same to me. I don't know, but uh, yeah, yeah, Happy Gilmore, hockey movie, or no, sock golf golf movie, (laughs) soccer. Fuck you. (laughs) You are such an idiot. (laughs) I think I think Happy Gilmore might be the only golf movie I enjoy. I've I've seen it, and the fact that I've actually seen seen more than one. I've seen multiple golf movies. What the fuck? (laughs) But you know, or or like, I mean, it's it's hard to say because like in a in a humorous movie. So Happy Gilmore is a good example. Kingpin. Kingpin, cool, cool runnings, cool runnings. Oh um, man, obviously, come on. Obviously, we already we already mentioned um, Major League, Major League. Uh, so, like in a, in a in a in a movie that is lampooning sports, it's hard to sort of make that distinction. But obviously, to me, obviously, a movie lampooning sports would still appeal to non-sports fans if right. it's done well. But the fact that a movie that takes the sport seriously still appeals, I do think is interesting. I yeah. think it's a it it it's. You know, it's about that drama. What's what's would be strange to me is let's say I made a movie that's as focused but is a more niche audience. Could you make it appeal? So like, like a bocce ball movie, yeah, or or even like something in another culture. Like I don't know, 
we've talked a little bit about what if you had a movie that actually was like a realistic representation of hardcore. Not that it was a movie about hardcore, but it was a, it was a character drawn movie that happened within punk and hardcore. Right? Would normals see the movie, or would they be like, "Oh, that's about that. I don't care about that." I kind of think we'll see that with Green Room. I, I think that'll be the movie. That oh, that's fair. That's fair. I hear that it's very. But again, I you know I don't know how much it's that's. It, and then and that's sort of the balance of the sports movie is that you can make a movie in which it's a hockey movie, but you know, hockey, who cares? Or it's a movie in which it's a hockey movie and, and the drama's on the ice and you see it, yeah. you know, what, what, what would it be like if you did a comic book movie that wasn't just about funny guys who happen to make comic books, but was about comic books, like guys, who? their comic failing and how they're going to live their life now. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. is there a way to do specific dramas in a world? And I'm sure, whoever listening to this, you are probably pulling your hair out because you have an example <laughs> that we're not thinking of that you're like, duh, what about Dude, this what movie? About this movie? That totally is that, you idiots. You oh, you're such movies. a fucking asshole. Tell us about the last Sick of It All record again, you fuckers. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sucked. That's, what it, that's what I'll tell you about the last Sick of It All record. No, um, I, but again, like you could make, how? I just think it would be interesting to make a movie about aging hardcore like a movie about i mean i'm not trying to insult anybody but a movie about a band like madball you know like a band that yeah, consistently that's... has been playing shows that maybe loves the band but also wants to do other things as well you yeah, know what i mean that are getting older and just diversifying yeah i mean i don't want to put anything on that band but to say a band like that where you could then rake your own character so the singer wouldn't be Freddie Matt. i mean because i don't know him he might he might be like this is the best thing ever but a singer who like both loves his audience but is also frustrated because he's like wants to do other things. I believe that movie would be about a band called Avail. Oh, uh, but but Avail's done. Yeah, I know. But imagine that. And Avail. Did somebody I ever s- tell you that story about how uh, the last time I saw Avail, I talked to Tim. No, no, no. But I, I do want to say recently on a on a um, on a, the Turned Out a Punk podcast. Yeah, uh, which I love, by the way. Big ups to them. Uh, Damien Abraham was interviewing um, the guy from Marvel. Uh, is the Agent M from Marvel who runs all their internet and social media. Oh, wow, stuff. He's yeah. like the guy. He's on the podcast. Old Long Island hardcore dude oh. talking about all kinds of stuff. But then he was saying one of his favorite bands was a veil. And Damon was like, you know, I, I imagine a better universe, a better dimension, a, be- a better version of our world where a veil had the touring culture, but the same, their music, but the touring culture of like Fish or Grateful oh. Dead, where Avail just went on tour forever. And that was it. They never stopped. And there was always a community following them on the Avail <laughs> tour. And I and I laughed when he made that joke, but then I thought about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that no, that makes so sense. Good. If they could have lasted as Avail, that could have happened. Dude. I just So what did you say? Side, Tell me that story. Side story, total tangent. But uh, the last time Avail played Philadelphia... Sure. Um, me and Joe were Joe Operhall, a good friend of mine, yeah. is friends with all those guys because he's from Richmond. And we were talking to Tim Barry, the singer from Vale. <laughs> and uh, he was saying stuff like, I just don't know how much longer I can do this for. I, I kind of think it's almost done for me. I don't know if I can do this. And uh, I said, So, man, you guys are my favorite band of all time. I love it when you guys come back to Philadelphia because you're my favorite band ever. Yeah. You really connected yeah, with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, I was listening to every word he was saying. Not, I was thinking about moshing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry, All right, sorry, well, sorry. I feel like, I don't, I, I don't know if we elucidated anything that interesting about sports movies, but I, I do think that we kind of highlighted, you know, it, it's not a, I mean, sports movies are not a genre, really. It's They're more a just a mode of drama, really. But I, but I think it kind of shows that people can connect to something even if they don't care about the thing that it portrays. You don't yeah. have to be 
a fucking hockey fan to like goon, you know, you don't have to whatever. But I think sometimes movies do that better than others. You know, there are Mm -hmm. some that are like amazing at that and some that you're like, I don't fucking care about that. Why do I care about this? I don't know why this matters. Yeah. Think about like, uh, Ayn Rand, the fountainhead. It's about architecture. It's not about architecture. You know what I mean? Like it's about the deeper themes therein. And, uh, th- that's exactly what it is with sport movies. You I would think. bring that up. You menace. No, you fucking dude, MRA. Yeah. Liberate, totally. <laughs> libertarian. But, I mean, it fits, though. The, the, the analogy fits though, that it's not so much about the mode. It's more so about the, the cracks in between that, that tell the story or that is the story. And um, I gave you a crack in between. I'll show you a crack in between. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah, sorry. So yeah, so so what have we concluded? What is what what do we like sports movies? Well, I, I you know I'll continue to say that I'm interested in boxing movies if I think they're going to be well done. Uh-huh. But you know, there's not a huge amount. I mean, I say that. But I think in general, there's not that many. Bo- I mean, like I, I like two really. <laughs> or, let's actually, I like, I like five, but four are under the same thing, and only two of those four do I really love, and the other yeah. two are just tolerable. You, you know, know, it's funny. One of the first memories I have of being emotionally moved by a movie is that boxing movie, The Champ. Do you remember that movie? No, I don't. The Ricky Schroeder was a kid, and he was in the movie, and his dad, I think, was Paul Newman, or like one of those big. Sure, sure, and, sure. And uh, sure. the dad is like fighting to save the kid and all that stuff to sure. pay, get money. I don't know. Yeah. The only thing that resonates with me and still resonates with me today about yeah. that movie is the very end the spoiler the dad dies in the okay. ring and ricky schroeder's like crawling on his body because he's like a little kid and he's crying he's trying to wake him up yeah and it's one of those movies that scene in particular he's laying on the table yeah the kids crying everyone's standing around crying too and he's like wake up like that whole shit yeah fucking incredible incredible and uh and the thing is that wouldn't happen in a movie that's not about boxing yeah, I mean like I, that whole paradigm of like the the fact that money is involved, the fact that like family is involved, the fact that the sport is tied in inherently to both of these things. Like that's that's exactly what I mean. It's the glue that holds these dramas together that we respond to, but then it, that gets it lumped in that genre yeah. of sports movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's I don't I do think um that's something that we have only hinted at, but I, I do want to say explicitly is that sports movies can represent a very unique idea opportunity to explore both poverty and race and i guess gender too depending on the context but like think about movies like million dollar baby million dollar baby great example or the hurricane yeah both boxing movies we're still focused on the box so i guess there's actually a lot of boxing movies i like but um (laughs) but you know what i mean like uh that sports has become an interesting place where class and race and gender can be addressed and are complicated by and so why not why not make a film that's about that? That that's yeah. about what it would be like, what the situation is, about the folks for whom they've gone, you know, like in like an Allen Iverson situation or something like that, where someone has, you know, their life is different now and that they because have these connections of. and um that the movie sort of dramatically explores the climactic switch that happens in a person's life when yeah. success happens, as well as just the drama of the sport itself and having fans. I and, think that's the drama though, that the weird success success is a yeah. thing in it you know what yeah. i mean like whereas uh, in regular life success isn't such a heel turn it, it isn't such a big drop off i mean it's, we're probably not far away from a movie about what we see going on right now with unions and college sports you yeah. know and this mm-hmm. question of what does it mean for an institution to make 
hundreds of millions of dollars because from of people who are not getting paid, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure that issue is way more complex than what I want to talk to you about. The person <laughs> listening to the show, you probably have some really deep opinion because yeah. of all the sports you watch. You probably really like the movie Blue Chip starring Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Point Which being, very clearly why you'd be listening to Cinepunks, I'm guessing. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, I so back, like I said... I, I specifically watched Raging Bull last night yeah. to sort of because as and and you're right it's not just a sports movie, but I think that um, I think for me in that way it's almost like the perfect sports movie because I don't have to care that much about the boxing to really just to get into the character yeah and to yeah. really connect with what's going on. I mean granted it's also a hard movie to watch yeah you know? it's, it's a really it's not a it's not a hero story no you know but it's an anti hero story I'd yeah say. and yeah. I but I think that that is. Also something I wish I saw more sports movies like that, that were more about those characters Mm. than having to be like, this team is great because they're all morally successful and they're all good people. (laughs) It's like, the seedy underbelly that Scorsese can bring out. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's already a thing though. Yeah. But I don't know. Hey. Well, we don't want to take up too much of your time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do we have anything that we want to hype up uh, to Uh, let people know about? Yeah, there are a couple things coming up at the that Exhumed are doing. They're doing the Rock and Roll High School. Um, what else? They're screening something crazy with that. BMX Bandits. BMX Bandits and Rock and Roll High School. That's coming up. That is so. Let's specifically say that's this weekend. Uh, oh so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. The twenty ninth. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully, you hopefully, make it this, out of Black Friday alive. I know. Well, hopefully, this episode goes up before Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving or something <laughs> so that you have a chance to hear about this and go. But it's at the International House. It's also going to be the Official Blu-ray release for Ninja Busters. Oh, is that's it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are yeah. they screening Ninja Busters too? No, I think they're just going to have them or available uh, for pre-order. Maybe right, or right, it's right, like right. the launch party, I guess. Uh, but big ups to our man at Garage House yes. Films, Mister um, Harry Harry Guerrero. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, his name slipped me for a minute. But big ups to Harry Guerrero for, for uh, putting together his company and. Uh, yeah, Getting and it like, started with Ninja Busters is and, pretty awesome. And as always, much respect to the Exhum guys. They're yeah, all great. They're always wonderful to us, yeah. and they've been great friends to us. I'm trying to think and if there's that. anything else coming up that we wanted to promote. Um, I don't know. Nothing off the top of my head is jumping at me. I'm right sure now. there's I'm sure there's Phil stuff. Phil Mocha but, always has stuff going on, so just check yeah. them out, philmocha.org. Uh, there's also, um, there's also um, I think on Sunday there's a show, right? There's a, I don't remember. Doesn't matter. There's there's a bunch of stuff coming up. I think what we'll, what I'll do is um we'll we're, we'll do an upcoming stuff for December post and we'll yeah. make sure it goes up so people know about it. But, but we're coming up with a bunch of awesome ideas for uh for upcoming Cinepunks episodes. Yep. So um that we'll, we'll be posting about those as they occur as we get ready to do them. And we're gonna so um and we're also gonna be expanding into some new projects. Yeah, a couple projects coming up. Hopefully some events as well. Yes. So keep an eye out, keep an ear out. We're we're hopefully gonna do stuff and, and we really wanna make it clear one of the main ways you can support us besides Obviously, buying a shirt, that's helpful. Uh, subscribing in iTunes and rating us in iTunes. Um, leaving a review in iTunes, that's huge. But another way is just uh, Interacting helping. Interacting with us 
talking yeah. to us. Helping promote stuff, reposting stuff. A bunch of people have reposted stuff we've posted. That's huge. We really appreciate that. We have a bunch of flyers we're trying to get around that we have left over from Harathon. So mm-hmm. we've left um, a bu- I've left a bunch all throughout the great state of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> did you leave flyers when you were there? <laughs> of course yes. I did. Yeah. What am I going to do? Go to film uh, a film thing and not bring flyers? No, like, I that appreciate seems that. Pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, we just want to say um, if you're new to the cast, thank you for checking it out. And if you are a longtime supporter or a recent supporter, Porter and you want to help us out post about it we we appreciate all the support we can get yeah and we will talk to every everyone there's not one person that will interact with us that we won't talk to so That's, that is very true you know we're very affable people <laughs> and uh we we want to say uh i think we specifically should say a big thank you we uh we've we've recruited a third person to help out with stuff our good friend justin lore yeah he's, he's been on the cast uh once before yeah and he's, he's or twice just, really if you can't this is hardcore yeah and he's been doing some posts for us and hopefully he's going to help us be more responsive because sometimes me and josh are doing stuff and having a third person will help out so, yeah, well, so I, we just want to say what up to him because he's sort of like i mean not that he won't be on the show but right now he's our silent partner so <laughs> i always think about texting him or talking to him just being like yo justin thanks for being part of the team I'm oh really you should awesome. i love I'm just like I don't want to be a dork. I'm just I'm just telling. No, no. You know what? <laughs> Being vulnerable is not dorky. I know. I just feel dorky when I'm vulnerable. But anyway, you're <laughs> such a fucking dork. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Another thing. Two things that I'm excited about. Well, number one. Well, actually, both things are that I have two new bands that are in the works right now. Oh, which, uh, cool, We've cool, talked cool, about cool. earlier, and uh, I'm really excited for everybody to hear them. They are uh, not just hardcore, but they are not just not hardcore. So I think uh, they will be interesting. And once they once they develop, I will be. Uh, I'll be talking about it more. And uh, yeah, so that's coming up. Those are those are both very important, cool things, and I'm yeah, very happy about them. Psych. All right. Also, big shout out to these people who've been revving their car outside for this entire time we've been <laughs> recording, because they're also awesome. But I can't hear them because we sound so good with all this beautiful stuff we got here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Episode 40 in the can. Smoke bomb. <laughs>